You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love and the cradle of democracy. That's defined by Wawa Hoagies, Termini Brothers Cannoli, Destructive City Buses, and a mascot who constantly looks like he's on crack. The city has its own personality, and in a way, the story of America as a whole can be found walking its streets. Or in this case, trying to run up its steps. In a franchise that spawns over 40 years, it's easy to forget that the Rocky franchise actually started as a low-budget film especially if you compare the first film to the later entries, where he plays Street Fighter and battles Russian Superman. I cannot be defeated. But when the series first burst onto the screen, Rocky Balboa was an anomaly in how he was an underdog who didn't fit in with other pop culture action heroes of the time. These characters were infamous for radiating adventurous charisma and seemed to be practically indestructible. On the other hand, when Rocky came onto the scene, he looked a lot like Philadelphia at the time, by being a broke, scrappy outcast who was constantly being looked down on by a world passing it by. He has literally every odd stacked against him. Rocky is broke, old, for boxing, and tired. He's never really got a shot, and his time as a fighter is almost over. While in the other corner of the ring, there's someone who seems like the ultimate overdog, Apollo Creed. He's rich, he's fast, he's undefeated, and he's a showman. In a sense, Apollo has everything a person needs to succeed in the boxing world. Much like Rocky himself, no one had high hopes for the film when it premiered against Apollo Creed levels of competition in 1976. And yet Rocky would defy all the odds, becoming a critical and commercial smash. And nearly 40 years after he ran up those steps for the first time on film, Rocky would defy logic again by sprinting to the Winter Garden Theater to bring his tale to Broadway. Even though the form of telling the story had drastically changed, the core elements stayed the same. And whether audiences liked the musical or not, by the time the final fight with Apollo came about, it's safe to say they were still rooting for Rocky to win. Which begs the question of how the dramatic structure of such a simple storyline helps in creating a compelling underdog character that's nearly impossible not to cheer for. I'm Brendan from Wait in the Wings. And I'm Nando from Nando V Movies. And this show calls for a double take.
When Rocky opened on March 14, 2014, it wasn't the first production to try to bring the rough world of boxing to Broadway. From Clifford Odette's Golden Boy in 1937 to The Great White Hope in 1967, the sport is ripe for theatrical interpretation. Since the boxing story lends itself to creating easy-to-identify objectives, clear-cut heroes and villains, and a venue for the two forces to clash in a high-stakes conflict, the drama essentially writes itself. Though they may all look the same on the surface, the thing that makes each boxing story its own comes from how they portray their lead character's actions. Golden Boy decides to focus on a boxer named Joe Bonaparte during the Great Depression, who wants to become a champion by sacrificing everything he believes in, only to have that decision cost him everything in the end. Conversely, The Great White Hope focuses on the first black heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson, renamed for the play as Jack Jefferson, who's struggling to maintain his championship and his interracial marriage in the early 20th century. Same sport, vastly different stories. And that's because in all instances across theater, literature, and film, boxing is never solely about boxing. It's a metaphor for a bigger internal struggle of the fighter. In Rocky's case, his internal struggle is based on self-doubt that stems from years of being told he's not good enough and him starting to believe it. As far as humble beginnings go, it doesn't get more humble than introducing a character fighting in front of a crowd of no more than 10 people in a beaten down church on the south side of Philadelphia. These first handful of scenes in the musical are important for establishing the mindset of Rocky and the external motivators that are going against him. The world is against him. He's viewed by others as a fighter who's past his prime with no real shot at being a true contender. No one takes him seriously. Looking at the circumstances surrounding Rocky, the character would be justified in succumbing to anger and bitterness. However, much like other Philadelphians at the time, even though the future looks bleak, there's still some unwavering hope in the American dream that's able to peek through. This can be seen in the show's first number, My Nose Ain't Broken, which not only highlights the disempowerment of the character, but more importantly starts to round off the edges of the perceived brute to show the lovable misfit underneath. Instead of reacting in anger or wallowing in despair, Rocky decides to react from a place of optimism and hope. This scene helps to show that no matter how hard things may get, Rocky has a fighting spirit. While Rocky is still trying to gain a foothold to climb the mountain of success, Apollo has long been perched on the summit as an already successful prize fighter. But just because he's got the titles and the accolades, it doesn't mean he feels accomplished. Apollo, in many ways, is looking for the same thing as Rocky. He wants to prove himself. He needs a shot to prove himself. He has a spotless record, sure, but he can't seem to find his place in the history books. In all sports, but especially prize fighting, making it to that top level is the entire game. And the struggle of the climb is all-encompassing. So what's a contender to do when they reach the top as an undefeated champion? Even though Apollo would seem to have everything, he's missing one of the most important things. He's missing a worthy opponent. So Apollo decides to create a fight that makes him look like such a champion, he cannot be ignored any longer. The fundamentals of both characters help make the story more compelling in the way that they're diametrically opposed. 
The story of a down and out fighter versus the cocky champion is coded with dramatic possibility in the way that the characters are polar opposites fighting to achieve the same goal of defining their legacy. This conflict in Rocky is deeply influenced by the very real-world drama that was on full display during the 1975 title fight between Muhammad Ali and Chuck Wepner. Ali's greatness was undisputed at this time. Wepner, on the other hand, was regarded as a man past his prime with little chance of making it past round one. When confiding in his wife a few nights before the fight, Wepner said, even if I don't win, I just want to prove I belong there. Similarly, it could be said that wanting to belong is the core of what motivates Rocky as a character, not just in the ring, but as a human being. The space in between the first and last fight helps to humanize Rocky by showcasing his vulnerabilities and highlighting the relationships that ground him, the most important being his love story with Adrian. Honestly, her story arc could get a whole video on its own, but the main thing that's important about her is that in a world where everyone tells Rocky he's a loser, Adrian serves as the one person that genuinely makes him feel like a winner. This relationship helps ground Rocky and shows that even though it may seem the world is against him, there's still someone who views him as a champion already. In his book, The Art of Dramatic Writing, Leo Segree talks about the will that a protagonist needs in order to carry the burden of constant conflict in a play. Though this character may start as weak and beaten down, they need to be able to gather strength as each minute of the story passes. And so, the best way to test an underdog character is through a series of challenges, and in this case, the two standout examples are the contrasting training sequences. At first, Rocky goes it alone. And though he tries pushing himself as hard as he can, he struggles to make it up the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art before finally collapsing halfway. Is it because he's out of shape physically? Partly. But the bigger reason he fails is because mentally he doesn't believe he has what it takes to win. Even though Rocky has heart, the conflict of numerous failures and constant ridicule weigh him down. These moments of failure are painful, but they're necessary. Without seeing a character suffer defeat, there would be no reason for desperately wanting to see them succeed. These losses also help to raise the stakes of the story by showing that it's possible the hero might not win in the end. However, these weaknesses should never be enough to convince the hero to give up. If anything, they need to play a role in building up to the character's eventual turning point. For Rocky, the scene comes when his old trainer Mickey offers to coach him. This is something that he desperately needs, as Mickey is the one who can see the fire Rocky doesn't see in himself and pushes him to train even harder. And subsequently, the next training sequence is vastly different from the first. Rocky's belief in himself begins to grow, and now the external forces that were originally going against him start to work in his favor. Since audiences have watched the world hold Rocky back for basically the entire show, this is the moment that everyone has been waiting for. The sequence is crucial to the story because it shows that maybe, just maybe, Rocky has a shot at winning. But there's still one ominous force occupying the back of Rocky's mind, Creed. It's evident 
throughout the whole training sequence that Creed is in Rocky's head. Of course, the same can be said for Apollo. He knows that Rocky is ready for a fight. And that's exactly what Apollo wants. He doesn't just want a boxing match. He wants a fight against someone who doesn't have the money for fancy training. Just pure will and the eye of the tiger. But the victories for Rocky can't last long. As stated earlier, if Rocky goes into the final fight seemingly invincible, then the story loses the stakes that makes it dramatically intriguing. And so the light at the end of the tunnel has to be snuffed out. While watching the tape of Apollo's past fights with Mickey, the voices and the thoughts of his past failures reoccupy Rocky's mind. Apollo is undefeated. He's never been knocked down. The odds have never been in Rocky's favor. This is what made him a symbol of the common man for the people of Philadelphia. But as Rocky looks around, he notices that people are finally rooting for him. And in what should be a vindicating moment, Rocky instead feels weighed down. Because if he loses now, he's not only going to be letting himself down, he's also going to be letting down an entire city that looks up to him. Standing alone in his apartment, Rocky enters the darkest and most doubt-filled moment of the show. He knows that he doesn't stand a shot at winning. However, in spite of this ominous reality, Rocky comes to terms with the fact that winning isn't his main motivator. Through this moment of darkness, he's led by the core convictions that he's held strong to the entire show. He doesn't need to win the title. He just wants to prove that he belongs in that ring and that he's capable of going the distance. In the song, Keep On Standing, the entire journey the audience has gone on with Rocky culminates in a way that further illustrates the valiance of his character. No matter how many times he gets knocked down, he won't stay there without a fight. The interesting thing about Rocky the Musical is that we, essentially, spend the entire show building to two entrances in the final fight that perfectly sum up each competitor. The set transforms. Everything, a jumbotron, descends from the ceiling. Flags drop down celebrating Flyers hockey championships. And the ring takes center stage. When comparing it to where the show started, the beaten down church feels like a lifetime away. As Rocky and his entourage earnestly walk down to the ring, the lights, sound, and crowd are deafening as it becomes ever clear that Rocky is out of his element. And then the lights go out. A single spotlight arises on the challenger. A challenger who's undefeated in over 46 bouts and who has never been knocked off his feet. Apollo Creed. The single spotlight is fitting because in a way, it's what Apollo is all about. Spotlight, spotlight, spotlight. While Rocky merely walks to the ring, Apollo dances to the song Undefeated Man as he enters the ring in a moment that should go down with the Miss Saigon helicopter and the Phantom Chandelier as one of the truly awesome moments of technical Broadway spectacle. In a testament to Apollo's confidence and ownership of the ring, he pulls out an invisible set of keys, puts them into an invisible ignition, and drives the ring into the audience. The ring slowly crosses the threshold from the safety of training to the reality of the fight. No matter how ready Rocky thought he was, 
He wasn't prepared for this. The two competitors each meet in the middle of the ring. This is what it's all been leading up to as Creed and Rocky stand face to face for the first time in the show. As the bell rings, Creed comes at Rocky with a flurry of punches, each one masked with the showmanship that he's become known for. The more he plays to the audience, the more apparent it becomes that to him, this isn't actually a fight. This is a performance. As Creed boxes Rocky in the corner, it feels as though the critics might have been right and that Rocky might just lose in the first round. The jabs become faster, with Rocky getting beaten down mercilessly when suddenly, either out of instinct, desperation, or unbridled will, he summons the power inside of him to whack Creed with an uppercut. The punch is so forceful and unexpected for Apollo that he staggers back, and for the first time in his entire career, he's knocked to the ground. Unlike Apollo, to Rocky, this isn't a performance. This is a fight. The rounds keep passing, with neither fighter refusing to go down, and by the time they get to round nine, Creed realizes that he's finally gotten what he's wanted for so long. A fight against a real contender. Despite others wanting to stop the fight, Creed and Rocky persevere past the exhaustion, the cuts, the broken ribs. By the end of round 14, it's clear that neither will give an inch, and neither will surrender. No matter what, they have to go one more round. Just when Rocky seems to be at his weakest and most vulnerable, the one motivating force that has always been there for him breaks through. Adrian, the one person who's always viewed him as a winner, sings to him to keep on standing. Rocky desperately pleads for Mickey to cut open his eye to reduce the swelling so that he can finish this fight. The bell rings, and Rocky fires out of the corner with more energy and passion than ever before. Each punch he takes fuels him to hit back harder. To hit back at everyone who doubted him, to hit back at everyone who knocked him down and told him he wasn't good enough, to hit back against every negative thought, every negative experience, and every negative opportunity that passed him by. In this final round, each punch is an opportunity for Rocky to prove that he's always had what it takes to belong. The final bell tolls and the ring is flooded by reporters, trainers, officials. The announcer takes to the ring and announces that the judges have reached a split decision in their ruling, but Rocky doesn't even care to hear that decision. Instead, he immediately starts calling out for Adrian. To him, it doesn't matter if he won or lost. He achieved what he set out to do. He went the distance. This is the scene outside of the Philadelphia Museum of Art every day. No matter the weather, rain or shine, you're always guaranteed to find at least one person running to the top of these steps. It makes for a cute photo op, sure, but on a human level, it stands for something more. In that brief moment after you get to the top and look out over the city, you feel invincible and like you can conquer anything. And in a world where it seems like everything is going against you, 
when you stand in those footprints, you can't help but feel a little bit of hope. Hope that you can overcome any obstacles set in front of you. Hope that it's never too late to make something of yourself. Hope that by the time that final bell rings, you can look back and say you went the distance. In the end, it's that hope that makes Rocky such a compelling character. Because in essence, we're not really rooting for Rocky. We're rooting for ourselves. The dramatic structure of the show is deceptive in how simple it looks on the surface, but how powerful it is in its execution. It allows its protagonist to get knocked down without getting bitter. It allows him to doubt himself, but still persevere. And above all else, it paints him in a light that everyone can relate to. Rocky dares us to dream bigger and to push ourselves harder. He shows that failure isn't something that should define you. It's something that should motivate you. Because even though life is gonna knock you down, ultimately it doesn't matter how hard you can hit. It matters how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. What's up, Run Crew? I hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, be sure to like it and share it around. It really helps more than you could possibly imagine. Congratulations to this week's Patreon Supreme, the Drawer Kring. You can visit her site and support a fantastic artist by following the link below. Huge shout out to Nando from Nando V Movies. If you like superheroes and Star Wars, then you are going to love his channel. Give him a sub when you can. And a final thank you to all of the fantastic patrons on Patreon for continuing to fuel the creation of our videos. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.